everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is a Star Wars episode, episode 391, where me and my man Matt will be going through Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 22 in a weird deal. And last week, the Star Wars podcast was Patreon only. Again, if you want to listen to that and a bunch of other things, you can go to patreon.com slash weird science. Also help us out by doing that. But what's weird is we ended up talking about Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 21. We have two weeks in a row with the Star Wars Bounty Hunters book that is trying to catch up with all of the other books, especially because what's going on in this is a big deal with the Crimson Rain stuff and the whole Crimson Dawn deal with Kira. So I think that that's why they need this book to kind of catch up with everything else and... Yeah, we'll be going through that. But before we go off to that, also go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you right on back 100% follow back policy. Then go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com for some written reviews there. And as I already said, it'd be cool if you go over to our Patreon, check things out at Weird Science, uh, patreon.com slash weird science. Oh, my goodness. Holy moly. It's very late. Uh, and with all that, you can get all that in the show notes. So if I fumble, bumble, and stumble, you can always get links and stuff in the show notes. So go and do that. And then as a last bit of a shout out, this is just something personal where we end up the weird science a cast of characters. We end up having a manga podcast. And I do that with my man, Luke Hollywood. And it'd be cool if everybody could check that out. If you're interested in manga or kind of want to get involved with that, we have something coming up in May, at the start of May, a couple of weeks from now, where we're going to try to do something to get more people involved in that entry-level deal. Because I know that at this point, a lot of people are getting a bit disillusioned with, say, the big two, Marvel, DC, or whatnot, where they're looking for different things to read it could be indie but also it could be manga it's something that i really enjoy and love so we are going to do something where we're going to have a bunch of shows that'll make it easy for people who are interested but don't know quite where to begin we're going to do that that's just a little shout out i'll probably talk about it a little bit more as we get nearer and nearer to may but just a little deal if you didn't realize we do have a manga podcast you just look up and wherever you're listening to this just look up Weird Science Manga and you will find us. But with all of that, not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Star Wars and we're specifically Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 22, where I'm going to take it off to me and Matt to do just that. All right. And I'm here with my man, Matt. What up, Matt? Not much. Not much. Well, we have Bounty Hunters again. And it's funny because last week we did the uh, Bounty Hunters uh, number 21, but that was on the Patreon only. So if you want to end up listening to us talk about that, you can go over to the Patreon right now, patreon.com slash weird science. And for as little as a dollar, listen to that and a bunch of other things, including all the shows that we did Patreon only. Uh, weird then to come back to Bounty Hunters again. Really odd. They're like the idea that this book had been delayed and now you're pretty much it feels like we're marathoning it now <laughs> when you get two in a row. And so with these two, I'm just asking you right off the bat. Do you like you get two issues, but how many issues you really think we got like a, a three quarters? I mean, yeah, it's bar- barely one. Yeah, you didn't really do that much. I mean, if I end up just coming on and saying, hey, get this, Matt, you end up having Tonga, Lasha and the crew. They get Vukra and then try to get away with her. That's two issues. Mm-hmm. That, that's been the two issues. And I mean, this isn't bad. 
It's just the idea that when you get through it, I'm like, okay, you, you kind of, I, I don't get the concept of delays and then meandering. They they shouldn't go hand in hand. If you have delays, it should be because something's big or, or something is taking you a little longer. But this one just does seem to be maybe treading water with the idea that it does involve Crimson Rain. It, it involves Kira with the girl Cadelia. So does that tie into something that you have to wait till the end of Crimson Rain? I don't that's know. That's probably delayed too, so maybe it's... Yeah, so we have to figure this out and whatnot. But this is Bounty Hunters number 22, and it is written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paola Villanelli, the colors by Eric Priano and VCs Travis Lanham. On letters, the Bounty Hunters have traveled to Corellia to capture Vukara, the leader of the Unbroken Clan. With her help, Tonga believes they can track down and save Kedalia, the young heir to the Unbroken Clan and Mourner's Whale crime syndicates. But Vukara has recently aligned herself with Crimson Dawn, and her organization has become more powerful and deadly than Tonga imagined. Now, with this, you end up having them with Vukara. They're trying to figure all these things out. But in the meantime, Crimson Dawn has Kedalia. Mm-hmm. So you better start moving it. You better start getting it. And I guess eventually, first off, we're going to end up having Dengar cross paths with our bounty hunters again. And in the meantime, they're going to have to go and either save. Today. Do you think that Kira, like Kira isn't anybody <laughs> that I think is going to kill Kedalia. She's going to use her. She threatens her a little bit, but I'm not getting the indication that she would act. One of the big things, just as an aside with the Crimson Dawn and stuff like that, Kira always never comes off as that bad. I mean, mm. she isn't somebody who that even when she helped, you know, Leia, because, hey, we both love the same guy. He's your guy now, but I still love Han, so I'll help you out. Even says to him, like, if you need anything, let me know. All that, like, at this point, I'm actually shocked, and I don't know the end game of it, but I'm I'm shocked that you haven't seen the the real kid. Like all of a sudden, we see her do something really bad. Yeah, you would think they would show that to establish her. Yeah, character. like I mean, I'm telling you, the idea that she's nice up front, like even if it, I'm, I don't think it'll be Cadelia, obviously, but if it was, it would be one of those like, oh, sweetie, like have some ice cream, like do this, and then walk out the room and say to the guy at the guard at the door, kill her now, yeah. and then just leave, like it's. I'll give her one thing, though, and we said this before, but this gets to be the thing again. She is so hands-on with this crew. She does not send anybody to do anything. She's always the one that's right there front Mm -hmm. and center doing things, so I I give her credit there. But with all of this, you end up where, again, Tonga Lasha, the crew, they had ended up getting Vukara. Uh, but they have to escape now. We ended up what looked like, you know, the, the zombie apocalypse almost, the last end of the issue. Every guy <laughs> and gal in this whole Unbroken Clan had shown up, and they're there, and they don't know what to do because it looks like they're going to be overwhelmed and taken down. And there's a lot of, like, the semantics things and jokes of when you have, like, an Ocean's Eleven type deal where everything is supposed to be to the second, but somebody's messed up, somebody's late. You, you always get this. As we go, but really they're just fighting their way to the platform just so that Forlom can show up and they can get in the ship and go away. But that's all this is. Yeah, things are not going well. And that's where you get the extension of the issue. It's okay. You get some kind of funny lines and stuff like that, but it's nothing that's going to blow your mind. But we end up where they're trying to fight out. Also, it really ends up in this where. Lasha, who ends up getting that taste for blood. We we always (laughs) laugh at this, right? (laughs) Yes. The thing, though, is 
She also now has the taste of being one of the best snipers in all the galaxy. You know what I mean? Like that, I know there's some setup, but this was a girl who really didn't want to get involved with much, and Tonga didn't want to get her involved. She has now become like one of the best shots in the entire universe. She probably never even used guns. It's weird because it ended up really coming up. Like it never popped in my head until I read this, where all of a sudden, like everything seems to rely on her. And her shot and things like that, but eh, she's pretty tough though. She has a taste for blood, as we said. Uh, so they're trying to get out, and then we go off to Crimson Dawn, the secret Crimson Dawn base, undisclosed location. You have Cadelia there, who in my mind looks like almost like the idea that you could end up if the character was developed more. This could be like almost like a new Afra type deal because she looks like. You know, like a, a Lost Boys meets Han Solo type deal, or so. It, it, with that that crazy headband and stuff, I'm like, that's a cool look, right? But she ends up, she's pretty tough, and she ends up talking crap. Where you know, she probably a normal kid like that would be a little bit, you know, nervous or upset. She, uh, these yeah, poor I, guys are eating with her. I mean, these guys have the worst luck in the galaxy. Would right? you? Would, would Eric eat food served by the guy on the right? Probably no, not, right? Uh, Aaron, uh, Eric wouldn't. I don't know. I, I know I would. Actually, when she, <laughs> when you have Cadelia, to, or not Cadelia, when you have Kira talking about an imaginary food that I can never taste for some reason, I got hungry, and I'm like, this shouldn't be. This isn't like, hey, try this hamburger. And I have a reference point that I, oh my goodness. Colo claw fish eggs. I'm telling you, when she says they're sweet but savory, that is like a a little section of the tip. I love that. I'm more of a savory guy than a sweet guy. Like if you offered me. Yeah, and that's, I really like that combo. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's almost like when you get that fried ice cream, you have a little of that. But even, a pineapple on the pizzas. Yeah, people don't like that, but I love the sweet <laughs> and savory. And I also like a lot of different, like, I love sweet with the tang, all that stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not a guy who just can sit there and eat sweets. My mom is from England. She used to do that. She also has no teeth. But also the idea that she would, like, sit there and we'd watch. She, I talk about this all the time. She'd make us watch horror movies. And instead of like popcorn or something, like when we're just at home anyway, but she would have one of those big fruit and nut bars, but she'd have like three of them and she'd just <laughs> get squares and hand them to me. And then I'd f- them. And what am I doing? I'm cursing. I'd shove them into the, into the couch <laughs> and things like that. I hated them. I get, anytime I mention my mom, I start cursing. I'm going to have to bleed. It's like fruit cake kind of. Yeah, kind of no, thing. this is just the idea. It's like uh, raisins and peanuts and all. It's, it's almost like a, a chunky bar, which, again, I hate those. I'm going to get really mad. We start talking about my mom and food, but I didn't like them. And so with that, though, I'm like, <laughs> I could eat these things. But, yeah, really, it's, again, Kira's being nice enough, but it's because, and she says at this point, the big thing with her and Kedalia, she spells it out. You know, you could be a real inconvenience for me. I could kill you right now, and it would really benefit me. But I don't know. And it's funny because Cadelia's like all business and stab the one guy gets stabbed. I mean bad. And mm-hmm. this guy's just eating. He just wants a meal. And uh she ends up saying then, you know, it'd be convenient for me to kill you and you better eat this meal because it might be your last. All of a sudden that gets to like I think that she would have known that before, but the big trash talk ends up she's sweating now, she's upset, and then she starts eating. But I would think that that's poison anyway. I don't think I'd eat it, but you go back to this big fight again, and you have, again, these unbroken clan stormtroopers that are attacking them. They're, they, it's classic. They're setting up the big cannon guns, and they're doing I think that that's a little too much to get a roving band of 
bounty hunters that are running around, you know, set up actually a mm-hmm. stationary gun. But they're doing that where, uh, you know, the, the bounty hunters are trying to get away and each of them are yelling about the other guy as we always have. They're fighting their way through. But then, like I said, they end up and I again, if you're going to get me hungry, they end up deciding that they're going to get out of this by jumping on what is pretty much a Star Wars food truck. Oh, so good. Yeah, they jump into that. You know, half of the team is in the food, throwing the food at but people. But the food is that live creature, that green yeah, thing, it's, right? It's bad. It's it's a dinosaur looking thing. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And so, they're just and throwing that at everybody. Yep, they're just throwing it, and they're not even dead. They're alive. Yeah, it must be the worst, worst type of thing. The play here too, though, is like if you go to Chinatown, you end up going through, and you see all those you know yeah. birds and strong things hanging animals. and stuff. Strong. That's what it looks like. Like that, which again, I kind of like that too. But yeah, you're you're going through this, and they end up having again just Lasha being. What is she? Is she Terminator? Uh, Like she jumps off of a building, shooting like she's the shooting Rutan Tutanhans Gruber as she's falling, and then lands into this food truck deal, this transport. And I'm like, holy moly! First of all, this was the coolest part of the thing. She shoots a grappling hook through the bad guy. And it goes, he's so crazy. She flies down. This guy's impaled by the grappling. Yeah. Hook. This and is just a down. girl that's just kind of learning. On the- <laughs> it reminds me of uh, your favorite uh, in Shang-Chi, uh, Aquafina. How she was, uh, all of a sudden, she was a weapons expert. Full out. Arch- like, archery. Really over the top. I didn't yeah, know what. It's the same thing. There she is. <laughs> doing her thing. <laughs> and I like her. It's just when she starts doing things, I'm like, you really learn quick. You learned on the job. You learn quick. This is pretty crazy. So you end up having all these things. And one of the funny little asides where you always get every writer and some people overdo it, but the idea that you have to mention something from the Star Wars universe just as an aside. And you get mention of that Wrath Tar. And that is, if if people didn't know, that's like that crazy mad ball looking. It actually looked like a beholder in D&D. It was actually in The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, Those yeah. were the ones that Han and Chewie had Attacking captured in that and killed way. all their crew. Yeah. And then when they got there, when and the big thing was when they get out, Ray and, and they end up getting out and the thing latches on to the, the Millennium Falcon and then they go into hyperspace. That thing's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. The, that's what she's saying there. Like, I really thought I'd die, you know, wrestling one of those barehanded. I'm like, really? That's how you <laughs> thought you were going to die? Oh, yeah. It's okay. So you end up all this going on, and it's just a mad rush to avoid being killed to get to this platform where Forlom is supposed to show up with the ship, yep. uh, the Edgehawk. And when they get there, He's not there. I mean, that's cliche and tropey of any sort of thing like this, whether it is a bank robbery or an escape or whatever. The guy with the ship has not shown up. The funny thing in those usually are you've set up some things for Lom, He just then just shows up and says he's on time. There's really no joke about what detained him. At one point, Zuckus just says he'll be or- here. Maybe he really was on time, and they were just yeah, early. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. The idea where I they mean, already said at one point, you mentioned time, where you do have Tonga say, I thought that we had this little bit of time period before their comms ended up. And I'm talking the Unbroken Clan thugs, the comms. Uh, oh, yeah, that passed like three minutes ago. And there was the joke. And why didn't anybody tell me? But when you get this, I'm like, are they early or whatnot? Because that, But again, it's just to extend it. Because now you have to have the own broken clan come, and basically it seems like you know it's trouble now. And then you do have Forlom 
show up well, then Zuckus is like, hey, look at what happened. He, same he thing came. happened in, in Han Solo where he was late and he showed up. Yep, that's what on the platform. The, it's the trope. So yeah. you end up where the funny thing in my mind too <laughs> is they have Vucaris still. They're there and even on this platform they say and I love this idea of, hey, give us Vucara back and then we'll kill you quick. I'm like, I, I don't know. I think I'll <laughs> take my chances of maybe escaping with it. I'm gonna die either way if what you say is true. But I think I'm gonna try to escape. But at the one point I don't know why, but I really I know that you have to I guess knock out Vukra so that she doesn't do anything, but it really ends up being a lot of heavy baggage for Bosk that I thought maybe he could, like, you know, ring her bell a little, and she's, like, groggy, but she's like still a, walking her own a little. Or something here. Yeah, but I guess she could run off. I just, it just is poor Bosk. She's pretty strong. Like she's, yeah, he says, I mean, I think Bosk, a little on the lazy side most of the time, so he's like, eh, she's heavier than she looks and, and whatnot, but you end up where the you know, Forlom comes and they do escape with that. In the meantime, we have to go back to Dengar. And again, this actually, this issue, you have all the little pieces that we've been doing, and I don't mind the progression of what we're getting, but there's really not much overall happening. You end up, okay, they have Bukhara, but they had Bukhara last issue. You could have, I know it might have been some people say like, oh, well, really, you're going to rush ahead to that, but you could have just had them get Vukra and then they're in the edge talking like, man, that was tough getting out and get to something more than just this. And and even the mm-hmm. stuff with Kedalia, we know that Kira has her and what we get is don't stab anybody during dinner. And then we move on from that. And then we get Dengar, which I think is like, we love Dengar now, but Dengar ends up and he actually in this is maybe the most badass Dengar we have seen in this whole entire series. He's pretty cool. He ends up infiltrating the mourner's whale safe house. He goes and he throws a, a thermal detonator. Boom, it blows up. He comes in and goes, hey, anybody alive in here? Well, <laughs> I mean, he did kill these guys because he really does need somebody to send this message then because he wants to meet up with the head uh, of the mourner's Lord whale. Camdeck. And it's Yeah, Lord Camdeck, which I'm telling you, it's been a while since we've said that name. We have said it. We just don't remember when. Yeah, and it's but it is one thing. The mourner's whale has been kind of pushed aside. Yeah. Vukara is the you know that the unbroken clan is the big thing, and then the mourner's whale is always mentioned. But you're like, eh. but yeah, he wants to have a meeting, and it does involve you know Kedalian stuff. It seems like that, and he ends up saying all this stuff of a, and also his granddaughter will die if he doesn't come. Get him there, send this message, tell him Dengar sent you. And then walks away. I'm like, this guy looks like he's under rubble that is crushing him and might be dying. Yeah, I mean, his his lower half is gone. I'm just yeah, kidding. I actually, and it's funny because when you're saying <laughs> that, I'm lo- I was left. looking, and when I said rubble, it's because I really, really thought that the guy was a half a man. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, I like he's trying to grab the gun that's near him, but he can't move because he's got nothing. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to be there to pass on the message, Dengar. No. But maybe he will. But yeah, and the ending is just them where Forlum shows up. They escape. Forlum blasts all of these, you know, unbroken clan guys, and they blast off. He says he was on time, and then you end up seeing Vukro without the, you know, the big helmet that she usually wears, saying that, yeah, you've doomed the girl yourselves about Kadalia, because that's what they're doing. They're trying to find where Kadalia is, what's going on, and trying to get to her. In the meantime, Vukra is in line with the Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn Kira has Kadalia, so it's all that twist and turns. And then to see what the heck Dengar's up to. 
But yeah, it even says next, Bounty Hunters 23, a clear and present Dengar. That's pretty cool. So yeah, we'll end up getting some Dengar. Uh, but that's cool. And with all of these, we have, again, there's delays and things. I wish that you had a book every week. It's set up that you could, but they don't end up getting that schedule with that. But we'll go in next week. We end up Star Wars Darth Vader. So that's pretty big. But then the week after, nothing. So we'll see how we do it. But what would you give this one? Seven. Yeah, I think I'm a seven as well. I think that the the arts, we talked about it last week on the Patreon. The art's good enough, but it doesn't wow you. It's it's very fast moving. It's hard to tell a lot of time what's going on. It's funny, too, because I really thought me and you have said this about a bunch of books and a bunch of Star Wars stuff. The idea that I really thought when Forlom showed up, I thought that would be the cliffhanger page. Like, hey, you guys are dead. And then the they should have ended it right there. Like, oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, because it's a pretty cool page with the, him, the ship behind. I think that's the biggest page, but even that, when you look, it's cool, but it's nothing like I wouldn't want to have that like signed at a con or, or, you know, put it on my wall. I like when you get those pages. Only because the character selection, if that were the regular Star Wars guys, you would pretty, pretty cool with the Millennium Falcon behind. It's so brown and that's just the way (laughs) the book is. It's always just a muddy looking deal. Again, I would never tell people that they have to read this book for the art. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. We like the characters enough but this we, we talked about it again we talked about it on the patreon the idea that balance isn't in the book not that he's a huge draw but we liked them and just you have you know characters yeah you, you realize that they realize you know tonga and lasha can't carry a book on their own no so you chance. have boss you have forlam zakis you have dengar so they do a good job of getting these other bounty hunters involved but even that i mean I don't know that people are really, you know, hounding somebody to get more Dengar in their life, even though we like them. But we have what we like in the Darth Vader book now, Valance and Ochi, mm-hmm. who are there. Those are like our guys. So it, it, it is a shame. And then the Darth Vader book ends up becoming more. Va- These books are weird right now, of uh, some of them. But again, there's also delays. And so, like I said, next week we get Star Wars and Darth Vader. The week after, it doesn't look like there's anything. Then the week after that, you have Crimson Dawn still waiting for Afra. That seems to be a bit delayed because that doesn't show up until May. And then we also coming up, we have a Christopher Cantwell Obi-Wan book that we're going to check out and see if it's worth, you know, going through. It's just a mini series. So we mm-hmm. might go through that just like we enjoyed the Han Solo and Chewbacca deal. So we'll continue that as well. But at, at one point, if you are getting these and have all the stores books on your pull list, it looks like there's like one week in May. You get five books out of nowhere. And it's like, that's the thing that gets me. It's like dribs, dribs, boom, and it hits you. You're like, holy crap. But I guess more is, is better What's than What's the most none. we've ever had, three? Yeah, I think it was two or three, really. And when we do that, some of the times we push one to the next deal yeah. or whatever. Because we're used to just this being a pretty quick one or two. podcast. Yeah. So. yeah, so next week we have the two, but we may even push one to the next week because it, we don't have another one the next week. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining me. Matt, hopefully now that we're kind of caught up because Bounty Hunters was delayed, obviously, two issues in two weeks. So that's caught up. Maybe now we can get in line with the Crimson Dawn stuff. Cadalia, all that stuff will hit. And we can have some fun with it. So I'm looking kind of ready to, to move that. past the Crimson Dawn. I, I kind stuff. of, I am as well. And I think maybe a lot of people. It seems like most of the people who talk to me that they're like, "Hey, I just started listening, or I've been listening a while." Most people always have to throw in the idea that the whole war of the bounty hunters was a dud, and it it set up some things that might be cool, but really was a dud, and really only set up Crimson Dawn. That they're 
made less interesting now. And that's a shame. The Crimson Dawn, maybe it was like one of those if you just heard whispers of it and not really seen like the, the deal. It might have still been cool, but it does seem like, yeah, it's lost its luster a bit. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But yeah, everybody go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Then go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where, like I said, you can get last week's regular Marvel show, the last week's Bounty Hunters Star Wars show there that we had Patreon only, but a lot of other Marvel things as well. This week, the Marvel Spotlight, that's a Patreon exclusive, was the... Oh my god, the Spider-Punk number one, which we weren't real hip on, and the <laughs> surprisingly better than I ever thought it would be, uh, Deadpool Bad Blood it by was Rob Liefeld. I, I, I didn't even understand how. I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'm reading, I'm like, I'm actually enjoying it. It was a quick read, I'll tell you, but it was pretty good. He still doesn't know how to draw feet, but we'll No, and that. he seems to really want to show you that. <laughs> like that. It becomes, I mean, that book has more feet and pouches than you've ever seen, and I think that he just goes full in. They're like little little booties that you now, see. He's like, like little... I'm Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I'm going to Rob Liefeld this stuff. I'm, he, like, he doesn't want to acquiesce. Like, I'm going to go full out. But yeah, they're like little sharp. Like, I always look <laughs> at them, and I think they're like, they really remind me of tiny little, like, knights armored suit yes. feet. Like, yes. that's little, like, it, elf, elf yeah, shoes. Yeah, it always looks like that. And I, I don't know. They're like triangles, laugh. basically. There's legit a panel in this that's just a foot. And yeah, it made me laugh. somebody down. Yeah, yeah. It made me laugh so much. But, <laughs> again, just to decide, if you don't end up going to the Patreon to listen to our show talk about it and listen to me gush about Rob Liefeld for once, uh, check it out. If you get a chance to check out that book, and if you do like stuff like X-Force and things, you might be surprised how much that book was fun and, and pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he references a, a lot of the New Mutants X-Force stuff. And and you know what? He does it in a way that you don't need to know that going in, really. It's, but it it's helps really to know, fun. but you don't need to know. Yeah, it's one of those. It's almost like where I always say it's like a Pixar movie, where they always say, like, the kids like it, but it's got the adult humor, too. Yeah. Like, the adults will understand that. Not I'm not talking, like, nasty word humor or anything. I'm more like, oh, there's some mature humor. Uh, but yeah, check all of that out And you can check the show notes to all the links And things like that, but that's that uh, And thank you again, Matt Thanks everybody mm-hmm. for listening, and we'll talk to you Next week You are all weirdos Weird science is the revolution Weird science is the revolution Weird science is the revolution